This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me are the Talking Football regulars, Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, gentlemen, I think, I'm not saying we all predicted the, the exact scoreline, but disappointing result for Dundee United at Ibrox, but not entirely unexpected. Would that be a fair way of summing it up, Jim? Uh, well, absolutely. I, mean, I, I got one right, one wrong. I thought, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought United might actually take in more than four. And having watched the, <laughs> the game and the highlights, um, they, they, could, they could, could easily have done so. I did, I, although I did tip St. Johnson for a win, I thought St. Johnson would would um, <coughs> would sneak it down at Motherwell. Uh, that wasn't to be. But from a United perspective, yeah, I don't think there was any um, great shock in them losing to a side that I think it said in McCollum quite simply were, you know, man for man superior to the side that had put four past them the previous week, Kilmarnock. And so it proved because Rangers pulled them all over the park and, and it very easily could have been more uh, than four. It was a bit of a mauling, um, Eric, so um, it wasn't unfair at all, uh, I suspect, to suggest they would get a doing, and they did. Hey, well, you were our man at the game. Well, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the actual match and what, what we can learn from it, the big, well, one of the talking points was uh, was Morelos' uh, injury and Ryan Edwards's part in it what was your what was your take at the time and and afterwards I think uh, the referee got it right um, yeah the, the the tackle was the one movement it was the one movement with the foot he, he got the ball he did follow through but um, I think there was no malice at all in the challenge um, the, the referee waved play on it went on until Morales fell to the floor I also note that uh, thankfully the injury doesn't seem too bad because I think Morales is going to Gibraltar this week with yeah. uh, with Rangers. So that's good news. I think there's more uh, heat than uh, light in this whole incident. I think that um, what they've done is they've picked on it. Although we'll, we'll have to see what the SFA does uh, with it. But I think it would be harsh on, uh, on Edwards if he was retrospectively uh, punished for this. Um, if anything, possibly a booking. But I don't think, I don't think there was any... Uh, dangerous intent there. There wasn't a malice in the challenge. It, he cleared the ball. His, his foot hit the ball. It then went away. He, he then caught Morelos as Morelos came towards him. Um, it was unfortunate, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, we're, we're so used now to picking over things after games. I think at the time it was the right decision. Um, you watched it in real time. You thought, He's, he's caught him after there, but it, it wasn't a it wasn't a one where you're going. Oh my goodness, you know he's, this is I'm definitely ordered off here. Uh, he did get booked later on, but that was for a that was for a tackle on Kent. So um, no, I think I think it's uh, it's right as it stands. The decision was right as it stands, and and it was interesting to see a respected referee uh, Dermot Gallagher coming out and agreeing with that. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's important because you've got a you know a, he's. He's kind of away from the heat of Scottish football, as it were, and he's looking at that um, objectively and saying, "No, no, the player, the player just meant to clear the ball." What were the uh, what were the players' reactions at the time to Ian? That's usually the telltale one. Usually, you can see, you know, in this case, it would be Rangers players, you know, hurtling straight in because they, they, you know, players know players know when somebody's done somebody don't they and yeah. you know what, what was what was the immediate reaction the immediate reaction was to carry on and follow the ball um uh, only really kind of everybody only reacted once Morelos went down 
and then it was a, a case of you know what, what, what happened there. I hope he's okay because Rangers had a, a catalogue of uh, injuries. It was it was a shame for them, you know, uh, not not through nasty challenges. Ryan Jack, for example, just fell to the floor with nobody near him. So so there was a thing where we were all going, oh, what next? You know what's going to happen next? Another one off. So that was more the reaction from uh, the sidelines and uh, the players themselves. Um, other than, I think that the Rangers players just carried on. United players certainly did. Ah, that tells you a lot, doesn't it, Jim? And I think your Ian's sort of immediate reaction. I always go with guys in the stadium at the time. You can usually you can you can pick over these things and sometimes see challenges that aren't there. I mean, ultimately, only the only Edwards will know himself, wouldn't he? Really. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, both Clancy, the match day referee, I think it was Dermot Gallagher, wasn't it, Ian? You know, but both yeah. both thought none of the laws of the game had been um, <clears throat> had been broken. Um, and I have to say, I've, I've watched it about seven or eight times uh, on um, on replays on sports scene. And and look, it's it's, it's a pity for Morelos. You know, no one wants to see a player being hurt. But it, it looked to me, it, it was a straightforward challenge. It didn't even look as though it was a particularly tough challenge. He stuck his foot out to get the ball, um, short of stabbing the foot in and, and, and immediately w- w- retracting it. It was a pretty normal, fluid action. He stuck his foot in again the ball. Morelos came to it that wee bit later, caught him in the knee. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I think that the, the referee was, was quite right. Uh, not to I me, mean, it would have been, uh, I think, an incredibly harsh decision to, to, to send uh, Edwards off for it. So I thought the referee got it right. Well, we're speaking about Mr. Edwards. How did he do overall in, in normal football terms? What was his performance like, <laughs> Ian? Um, well, he did well for about 10 minutes. You, you know, you're, you're watching him going, oh, he looks all right there. And then we get the uh, the first goal, um, which is a tale of woe, really, from United's perspective. Callum Butcher doesn't track uh, Ryan Ken Edwards, then turned inside out. Mm. I mean, it was a great pass from Haji through the, the legs of young uh, Lewis Nielsen, unfortunately for him. Uh, just just one goal where it was just a nightmare from a United perspective. And then I think he, the, the second one is the worst for him, for Edwards. Um, Barisic's cross hits Luke Bolton. It takes it does take a wicked deflection, um, but he should he had he had a, he had an opportunity there to boot it out for a corner, which he should have done. And I imagine you know he, imagine his teammates told him that afterwards, and I might certainly imagine the Mickey Mellon told him that afterwards. But uh, uh, you know it wasn't a. He should have done better at these goals, but he still looks fine there. Um, it'll be obviously a worry for a big worry for United if there is the, the uh, retrospective action because they've already got Mark Connolly out long term. So there's a problem there if he does get this uh, action from the SFA. What are you looking at, Jim? When you when you see him, obviously, I don't think you've not you've not been in a, a stadium to see him play yet. But no. when you look at his, you know, obviously mistakes can happen. So, and he's obviously building up his match sharpness. Do you see? Do you see the movement? Do you see the positional sense from a from a guy you would that makes you think, yep, yeah, United have got a decent centre half here. Well, I, I, I think the first thing to say is he will not meet. He, he'll meet probably twice this season. Um, he'll meet more than that, but he'll meet two teams this season that have got the kind of quality that he came up against on on Saturday. Now that'll be Celtic and Rangers. Um, and is that? Am I right in saying Ian, that's his only two starts, Celtic and Rangers? Uh, yeah, he, he got a hamstring injury. He came and played his first game. He got he got a hamstring. Mm. So um, sorry, sorry, and nobody, Jim. But there you go. I mean, he's had he's had the two toughest tests. That, that, 
that b- baptisms of fire because you're playing against teams and players who are fluent, they're fluid, they're quick, they're smart. Um, I mean, he, you know, he, he was actually, you know, he was spot on with, with his assessment of the goals. Um, United were, were, were found uh, ball watching uh, as opposed to tracking the man. You know, I mean, it's not the, well, the ball does the harm when it goes over the line, but it's 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 the player with the ball that does the harm. And if you, if you let the players get away from you uh, to deliver the ball in the box or, or whatever, then that's where the, the danger comes from. We saw that quite clearly. It's another thing entirely, of course, managing that, being smart enough and switched on enough to, to you know, to, to mark men who are just instinctively and, and mentally faster and quicker than you. Uh, so he's had a baptism of fire um, against the two top sides um, in the league. Uh, the, the real acid test will come when he's playing against the you know the St Mirrens and the Hamiltons and the Livingstons. I think the sides that, that, that United, by which he will be now, doing in the very near future, in, in the near future over the next over the next three weeks, just those very sides. So um, those will be the acid tests uh, as to you know the test of his positional play, as to the test of, of of any pace that he he has or doesn't have, and his match fitness and uh, and all the rest of it. So I think it's it's early days to to judge him. He's been you know he's come up against the two best in the league he won't face that every week um, but he will still face a, a, a decent level of competition and that's you know over the next four five six weeks we'll get a clearer idea of um, you know just exactly what his qualities are and, and whether or not he's going to be a really useful addition well Ian let's let's talk about let's talk about Dundee United's midfield mm. are you getting a bit concerned about it I must have I'm, well, I am yeah yeah I think it was at its worst uh, this season on Saturday quite comfortably uh, complete lack of uh, creativity uh, you're looking for, you know, where's Declan Glass, for example, somebody c- that can, I, I don't know what the circumstances are there, but I don't know why they've not got someone with a bit more of a pass in them. Uh, zero, zero minutes, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, Glass yeah, that's so right, far. that's right. Now, now Dylan Powers uh, was hooked at half time. Logan Chalmers came on for him. I, I never like to see a player uh, taken off at half time, unless it's for an injury, obviously. I don't know whether that was the case. Um, I don't think it was. But you had... It was just an off day, Butcher in particular, and also Harks. He did strike the bar with a shot later on, but by then the game was game was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, sluggish there, sluggish. Uh, we've, we've spoken about this over all these weeks, but where is the the the, the creative? Uh, playmaker there where is the kind of Charlie Miller type you've, you've spoken about it for two years Ian well exactly and uh, it's not there and you can't you need you need that type you need to mix it up um, and the, the midfield hasn't been a, hasn't been as bad it was just overrun on, on, on Saturday Rangers are just better and quicker all the time but most of the most of the game United's players spent certainly midfielders spent chasing after Rangers players with the ball they had the ball. Thing is, we'll we'll go through them one by one because I, th- I think they all there's individual stories to to each of them. But as a general rule here, Jim, we spoke about this last season and how it was a very it was a workmanlike United midfield that was they were just they were more physical they were they were more in your faces than other teams in the championship and they they got the job done, didn't they? Is that enough for the level they're now in? No, no, it won't be. And, and you, you'll see that in particular with one player who I'm actually quite fond of. Butcher has his detractors. There are many people that kind of stand uh, at Butcher. I thought last season Butcher, um, you know, gave a very good account of himself, both in midfield and when he occasionally played, you know, uh, at the back as well. But we've said all along, Eric, you know, you, you guys have said it in your, your, uh, in your, your, your daily 
pieces in, in the courier. You know, I've said it in my columns. You're stepping up a level here. You're not stepping up to Rangers every week, but you are stepping up a level. The Premiership is a higher level than than the Championship. It doesn't have to be vast. only has to be 5%, but it is. It's a better level. Players are fractionally quicker. They're fractionally smarter. They're fractionally harder because they've been dealing at a different tempo and a higher pace and a higher resolution week in, week out. Uh, and, and, you know, and these things soon find you out if you cannot step up to that level. Now, that's asset test United. I'm, I'm more forgiving about, you know, losing to Celtic and Rangers. You know, sadly, after 35 years of those two winning the top league, we've come to expect that no one's going to really go toe-to-toe with them over the course of a season and indeed often, often in games. But as I say, the, the big test will come against the St. Mervins, the Hamiltons, the Livingstons and all the rest. Of it. Now, um, you know, the key thing from that midfield is is there sufficient creativity? I like Bolton. I think Bolton has been a very decent signing early on. He looks very good. Um, he's got a bit of pace about him. He's got a wee bit of trickery about him and all the rest of it. But, you know, one one man doesn't make a five-man midfield. Powers goes off. Uh, Butcher not as effective, uh, certainly on Saturday. Well, nowhere, nowhere near effective. Paula, I, I don't know what's happened to Paula. You know, as a young guy breaking through, you thought he'd all the ability, skill in the world. Young Robson, of course, pushed out there in that kind of, you know, that, a foraging left-sided position. Well, you don't get the chance to forage against Rangers. So the acid test again in that midfield will be not against Rangers, but when it comes up against the sides in the bottom six, which is where United, you know, given the way that they've gone, unless they can strengthen considerably, is where they're going to spend the bulk of the season scrapping and biting. Uh, and I'm not now actually convinced. I mean, the early season, that early season optimism has faded quite badly. And I'm not convinced that unless they can sharpen themselves up um, and, and they can find a method of play which nullifies other teams but also creates I'm not convinced that there's going to be a great season at all for them hmm. Ian let's I mean let's get into specifics now then and Jim mentioned him there Callum Butcher I mean Callum Butcher started every game I think I'm right in saying and only and only been substituted once for the uh, I think he, he came off with 10 minutes to go up in, up in Dingwall but other than that he's been a He's been an ever ever present. Yeah, has he had a game where he where he's he's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck? Because, I mean that, but he was he was United's most important midfielder, possibly other, possibly most important player after Lawrence Shanklin last season. Is he is he dictating a game? Is he is he putting his stamp on a game? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was he was dictating a game. He has played well. I mean, uh, I, I would probably pick out Motherwell. I think I think you know, all United's uh, players played well there. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I think what happened to him? He's an experienced guy now. I think he just realised he was up against a, uh, a Rangers side that, that their midfield was just too powerful for them, mm-hmm. and it was it was right from the start. You knew there was going to be a problem. I was actually uh, looking for uh, <laughs> looking for kind of. Consolations here, and I suppose as, you, as you do when you're the local paper. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was down at Dumfries for a four 0 to Queen the South, so I suppose it's an upgrade going to Ibrox and getting a four nil. Um, <laughs> not much consolation there, it has to be said. God, it was a miserable day. The rain was pouring. It was just it was just terrible right from the start. Um, so no, going back going back to Butcher, he did have he did have a very poor match, but he's the kind of guy who who knows uh, he's had a poor match. And but I think I think the manager now now focus now moves to the manager. What does he do to spark the midfielder? Because they're going to be they're going to be at home to St. Martin. The onus is going to be on them to go on and win the game. So I don't think he can play the same the same midfield again. Uh, uh, he'll keep a couple of them in there, but. I think he's got to make a change, change or two. I think. Yeah, I mean, Jim, for 
the last couple of weeks I've been close, we've, we've kind of run out of time and there's been other issues, but I've, I've been close for a couple of weeks to speaking about Dylan Powers and thinking, oh, he's going to be one that's on his way. Mm-hmm. Because if when you look at the the players that have that have be, that Mickey Mellon's chosen above him, you know, youngsters and you know, pretty much, you know, sometimes midfielders slightly out of position ahead of ahead of him. I must admit, I, having not seen the game, I feel a bit sorry for him now. When your first your first starts at Ibrox, and then as Ian says, you're hooked at half time. Where where does he go from here? Well, it, it it depends what I suppose what Mickey Mellon has said to him, what explanation he's given. For him, you know, whether or not he's maybe hinted to him, you know, my plans. You, I mean, this is always a problem when a manager, when, a, you know, a new manager comes in or even sometimes when a new manager signs somebody and very quickly realises actually he's made a mess of it. You know, he, he's, he's, he's signed a player that he, you know, the player he thought he was signing isn't the player he's actually got for, for various reasons, you know. Um, so, you know, yeah, yeah. the key thing here is you've got to look at the bench and you think, where does, I mean, we're talking here about creativity. Um, to, to be honest with you, for the moment, I mean, not only do United need to score goals and be creative, you need to stop shipping them as well. It's nine in the last three games, albeit, to, you know, two fours in a row. And so you look to the bench and you think, well, what's going on? I mean, it, it looks to me as though he doesn't fancy Younger Perry, for instance, who I thought, you know, had a, t- a terrific season last season. Shanklin has been, uh, I mean, you know, the one chance that Shanklin did have, she was. I mean, a five-a-side player would have been embarrassed at the, at the effort that, that he had. So he looks as though well maybe, is he, is, he, is he fit enough? Is he, you know, is, is he lacking kind of confidence? Was it, you know, the game was done by then? Um, you know, you just look around the bench, what have you got? You've got Freeman who came on, you've got Chambers who came on, you know. Um, I, I just kind of sense to myself that there's, there's not nearly sufficient quality of depth. It's one thing having depth. It's one thing having a squad of 20 or 22. It's having the quality of depth, Eric, to, to, to see you through the season. And for guys to turn it on more weeks than they don't turn it on. And I think at the moment, Mickey Mellon, who's still not that long at the door in the greater scheme of things, is trying to figure out just exactly what he's got, what he's got in terms of quality of squad, and also what he can bring in. And there's the worry. Um, we may well touch on this, no doubt. The worry is, what can he bring in? Uh, are the finances of it? I mean, I spoke to a United fan, or a guy I've known for many, many years, who followed them in the McLean days, followed them all over Europe. And he's saying to me, is the money there? And I said, well, you're asking the wrong man. The only man that can tell you that is, is Mark Ogren. Uh, is the money there to strengthen the way United fans would like? So it's all very well saying to the chairman or the owner, put your hand in your pocket. If his appetite for doing that has, has diminished, or if his finances have diminished, then, then you're going to have to make do and mend with what you've got. And simply that squad at the minute, the early season optimism is gone. And looking at that squad, it's going to struggle this season in that league. Well, what I would say is, uh, in defence of Mickey Mellon, is I can't recall any of the games where he's been able to pick what you would say would be his, his first choice mm. uh, 11. Also, I think, also I think on uh, he could also be looking at, at making the change up front, putting a two up front against St Mern with... With possibly um, uh, Shankland and a Perry uh, working as a two, that would work. So we'll, he's got we'll, options we'll, there. So we'll come to the game in a in a minute. But if they if they lose to uh, if they lose to St Martin, I'd be seriously worried because I saw St Martin against St Johnston. They were utterly appalling. But anyway, just to, dire, just to stay they? with with Dylan Powers, Ian. I mean, did you mm-hmm. did you did you feel that it was one of those one of those if you if 
if for want of a better description, where it didn't surprise you that he didn't come out for the second half, was he having an absolute nightmare? No, but the whole midfield was uh, overrun. So there was probably, uh, he had to pick somebody. It could have been one of a few then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was unfortunate to be the one. Um, as I say, it could have been Harks or it could have been, it could have been Butcher. Um, because it just wasn't working. Rangers were just overpowering them. I mean, most of the game, you're looking up from your, your, your laptop, you're seeing Rangers players running towards the United goal. It was, it was like that for about you know three quarters of the game or something. Yeah, That's how it felt. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of fans on social media are wondering what, <laughs> what Declan Glass has done in pre-season to, uh, to uh, not get on the right side of his new manager, but it does. It does shock me. I mean, because I've, I've I've always been a, a Declan Glass fan. I've I've always thought this is a guy who has got the nat the natural talent. Mm-hmm. You know that that eye for a pass, the touch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that could take him up a level. But he's had zero minutes, Jim. And does that does that shock you? Particularly when you look on United as a team that are crying out for you know a wee bit of craft and guile, and they've got I think they've got the the lowest number of shots on target. In the league, what is he? Is he worth it? Surely, surely he's got to get his chance sooner. Well, I mean, somewhere along the line, uh, you, you know, you, you're faced with the, the arriving at the conclusion that if a manager isn't a playing a isn't playing a player, as you say, if he's got them, you know, he's, he's got zero minutes, then you arrive at the conclusion either there's an injury issue. Or, or the manager just doesn't fancy him for whatever reason. For that, well, he's been on the bench plenty of times, so it can't it can't be an injury. That's right. So yeah, no. So uh, so he's you know you, you, Jimmy you, Jim Jim. Sorry, he also played he also played a part of the the game that was abandoned against Sheffield United. So oh, yeah. Yeah. he's not injured. But there ain't no. So that, that's what I'm saying. Ian. So th- th- these are the conclusions you've got. Is he injured? Is there, is there a niggle? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time a player's been on the bench carrying a wee something. But uh, it's not that. Uh, it's quite simple that, that at this stage in the game, that presumably. Mickey Mellon doesn't think he offers enough uh, to to be in the starting lineup now. Whether that's because of the way he wants to or shape, or not the even team, come off the bench, Jim, or not even come off the bench. So I know I have to say I'm, I'm not seen enough of Declan Glass in recent times <laughs> for obvious reasons because he's not playing uh, and we're not uh, we're not getting there, you know. So so you know so it's difficult to make a job. But going back to the type of player I remember, he looked a, he looked a crafty player, a guileful player, the kind of, kind of player that, that can you know can thread a midfield, can play a pass, and all the rest of it. Now at the moment, it looks to me like United they're crying out for that kind of player. Um, so there, there is something that Mickey Mellon just at the moment is not convinced about with him. Um, whether, whether, you know, whether he thinks in training he doesn't offer sufficient, you know, I don't know, attitude, aggression, um, can't step up a level, we don't know. He's on the bench, not coming on, so there's something not right there. Yeah, I mean, we've, we have to say, and he's not going to, Mickey Mellon's not going to cut off his nose to spite his face. Jim's right, there's obviously there's obviously something which, which is causing him to not have faith in Declan Glass. No, that's right about Mellon. He, he's nobody's fool. Um, you you realise that after two seconds of speaking to the guy, you know he's a smart guy, um, and uh, he'll be. He wouldn't. He wouldn't just. He wouldn't just be ignoring them. There must be some kind of reason there. I, personally, I can't see it. I think he, he, you know Declan Glass offers goals as well from the the midfield area. Um, I just, the, as Jim says, quite right. The ma- the manager is the one who picks the team, and it's up to him. But there is a there is a, a legitimate question there as to why he's, he's he's not even coming on. If you were looking for, for, for example, on uh, on Saturday, if you're taking powers off, you're thinking, oh, we're, we're a bit too stuffy there. 
maybe needing maybe needing younger legs, creative, somebody to pick a pass. You know, you would have put class on, wouldn't you? You would have liked him on your bench. But it didn't happen. Yeah, well, we did see that I suppose the uh the only positive we got to see Lauren Shanklin back on a football pitch, mm. you know what what did what did he look like? Did he look like a man that's missed a, a month of football? Well, he was certainly grumpy after the game. I don't have any <laughs> read his quotes. He, he wasn't happy at all uh, about the performance and the, the but that that's hey, listen, fans like to hear that. You know, after a four 0 you don't want somebody saying, Oh well, you know, we did okay. Um, no, he was. He, he never missed the, the rest of the team. Um, as as we all know, are, are he, we talking? That... Are we talking Kane, <laughs> Kane Hemmings after our growth level of grumpiness? Well, we? well uh, it was pretty grumpy, I must say. Maybe not that <laughs> not bad. Um, but he, he pulled his he pulled his shot wide at the end. But he, you know, by that time, I think he himself said the game was lost. I was on getting minutes more than anything else, and that was true. That was true. It's just a case of he's never gonna he's never gonna uh, come in. You know, set Ibrox alight when they're United are quite obviously heavily beaten already. Um, so, so his his big test, like a lot of players' big test, and the manager probably is on Saturday against St. Mirren at home, and United have got to come out with a performance. They really do, including Shankland, um, to show that he's back. The fans will be looking for that. Okay, then let's let's move let's move on to the the game, and uh, you've you've outlined the fixture list, Jim. It's one of those that. Uh, you kind of think, oh, that's quite like that. St. Martin, Hamilton, Livingston, but it, it's there's a, there's a flip side of that coin, isn't it? It tests it tests your uh, whether you're a glass half full man or a glass half empty man, doesn't it? But yeah. you know, beat St. Martin, all of a sudden you can you can see an opportunity to to really put put your foot down and build some momentum. Lose to St. Martin, and we really are starting to ask questions, aren't we? Well, St Myrne were grim against Hibs, but in saying that, Hibs, Hibs are a fine side. I mean, I think already you can see that, you know, if you look at the league table, Rangers, Hibs, Celtic, Aberdeen, they're, they're going to be, there's going to be a top four this season. No one's going to get near them. They're going to kind of stretch out. So they're, they're, they're the four, and you can already see distance emerging between them and, and the other eight. Um, St Myrne and United sitting cheek by jowl in terms of points, you know, albeit United, I think, play, played one game more than them. But, I mean, United's, United's record against is much worse. I mean, scored four, conceded 12. St Myrne don't score many either. They've scored less, three, but they've only conceded eight. But they don't look, they, they look, I mean, you know, Jim Goodwin's one of these guys who's very, very honest and is a praise on. He has been kind of brutally honest. Right, um, he was brutally honest against St Johnson when he admitted they were well beaten and uh, should have been further uh, behind at half time. Um, but he will be striving to ensure that, that because you know what the, the reputations are it's, it's kind of like Mickey Mel very early days for Mickey Mel I mean I'm not certainly going to be having a pop um, he's hardly in the door you know so he's building he's looking at, you know for new players he's trying to assess what he's got still because you don't do that immediately um, similarly Jim Goodwin's a wee bit longer in the door obviously at St Martin but his, his managerial reputation his stock was very high at Aloha um, now all of a sudden at St Martin you know what it's like you have a bad season and, and you can be out of the game and not getting back in so he's got to he's got to fire that St Murren side up, and 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 if they do, you know, if, if they were to come to Tannadice and get a win, suddenly they're, they're you know they're three points ahead of United, and United start to struggle and start to look like a basement side. And psychologically, uh, you know, th- th- there starts to be doubts in, in the squad and maybe even in the management about you know about what can be achieved this season. So they absolutely need to get something. At the game, um, and they need, you know, for, from the next three games, to be honest, with you, Eric, I think you'd be, you know, what, you'd you be hoping, seven points. Well, I, I, was, I was going to say you would want five at a minimum. You know, you you, you would hope for you'd hope for three for uh, sorry 
two wins and p- perhaps a draw to that, you know, the seven. Um, my suspicion is they'll not get that. Um, but the, but they really need, I think, for, for fans, you know, the brightness of the early season. You know what football's like, you know, it's, it's up one week, it's down the next, even among the most intelligent of fans. And, and there's a real gloom settling in again uh, around Tardice, which I thought that kind of negativity had gone with the new ownership and all the rest of it, you know. And But I'm sensing it again. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm seeing it be people I speak to. I mean, the guy I spoke to yesterday, a red-hot Arab, he's almost given up already this season. You think, dear, dear, you know, I mean, you know, there's a fine line between ridiculous expectations and legitimate hopes. Uh, and at the moment, United have got to find where the middle ground is uh, in that. They've slipped badly. They must take something against them. Well, you know, I, I say they must take They need to win. They need to win against St. Martin, I think, to, to boost everyone again. There's a lot of money being spent in Tannadice um, on, on wages and bringing people in. Yeah. They, need to, they need to win. Ian, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm just quickly thinking off the top of my head, thinking back in the fixtures. The way the fixtures have fallen with the uh, with Celtic being a home game, St. Johnston the first game, sussing each other out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Hibs being on fire when they came to, to Tannadice. It's almost as if this, you get the same impression, this is the first game that United will have a real onus on them to mm-hmm. be to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and be the attacking force. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I really do. Uh, that's that's spot on. Which asks different questions of Mickey Mellons, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, it does. It does. Uh, I think. I think the you know the, the gloom and doom that that, that that Jim's speaking about is there. But I, I think the way the fixture, we need to really look at the end of the the first set of fixtures because United did hit a Celtic and then a Kelly away. They should have done better there. Then it's Rangers. So out of these three games, you're looking at maybe a draw at Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, you're you're thinking no, they're not going to get any anything out of these games but that's only fine you only accept that if, if you then go and win your home games against the likes of St Martin so um the, 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 I think I, I'm looking at I'm looking I'm not I'm not totally uh doom and gloom at the moment because I think if they go on they could kick on and get points from these games I would be looking for seven out of nine uh Hamil- Hamilton away maybe a draw but they should win the two home games uh, there really needs it needs to be a different United. It needs to be a different approach tactically. That's why I think even a two up front, for example, uh, needs to happen. A four four two possibly. United have had umpteen uh, formations and and selections. And I, I do think as well. I do feel I do feel the point should be made about Mellon as he's never really had, and he, even even the injury to Connolly. But uh, he's never really had a chance because of Shanklin being out, etc. To pick his, he's what he was probably deemed to be his first choice side. So um, it should be close to that uh, on on Saturday, as long as there's not any retrospective uh, action <laughs> on 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 Edward. So he should have a, he should, yeah, yes, I know. He should have he should have his back line there. You'll need to kind of freshen up his midfield. And I personally would play two up front, whether it's Clark. Or a Perry, but certainly start with Shankland. And he's going to, Shankland is going to be looking at these three games, Jim, thinking, I need to get up and running. And I mean, I know he's only he's only played two games, one of them a start, but you know what I mean? He's That's that's a striker's mind. And Aye. the longer it goes on, even though he's not been playing, it sounds ridiculous, but the longer it goes on without him scoring, you know, the more the more folk are going to think, ah, Okay, maybe 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 he was a flat track bully in the championship. You quickly become a one season wonder in this game, Eric. That's the thing, you know. I mean, and I mean, he's not been a one season wonder. You know what I mean? I mean, he, 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 you know, he did well at his previous clubs in terms of goals. But anyone who would have been um, 
you know, what I mean, interestingly, I, I was speaking to um, an agent down south last week and I was asking him about Shanklin and I thought, where, where would he play? And he said, in, in, in a championship side, in a good attacking championship side with quality, you know, with quality uh, players and quality service, he reckons Shanklin would score goals down there. Now, I don't for one minute believe that Lauren Shanklin's ambitions end at Dundee United. I don't think, well, he's still a young man. Um, but he's got to be playing and he's got to be scoring goals. He's got to be back to his best form. And that's why I'm glad he was angry and, and miffed at his teammates because, you know, A, it's bad for the team to lose, whether it's at Ibrox or not and whether you expect it. B, it's dragging him down. It's bad yeah. for him. Yeah. It's dragging him down as well, you know. And if he's got ambitions, the last thing he needs is to be seen. You know, it's one thing to be the star striker in a decent team. It's another thing to be the star striker who's not scoring and not getting the service in a side that are struggling. I mean, what United have to do is recover. That you know, a bright early season form where they started with a, the draw against St. Johnson and went down and got a really good win against Motherwell. I mean, I, I know that. I mean, I, I wrote my comment at the weekend, inexplicably, Motherwell were bottom of the league because they are a good side, you know. Um, and then, they, they, you know, they, they lost narrowly uh, to Hibs. Uh, but, you know, somewhere along the line, you've, they've got to get back to the kind of form and the dig that they found up at Dingwall against Ross County with the 2 1 win. Um, and, and Ian's right. I mean, look, we expected nothing against, uh, you know, and I hate saying that because, you know, like a lot of judges, a lot of fans over the years, oh, you should be able to match Celtic Rangers. The truth of the matter is you're always playing, by and large, 11 men in, in those teams who are, every one of them is better than the players that you've got in the park. Every one of them. It's not kind of they've got four or five. They've got every single player in every position is better and usually substantially so than you. So understand that. But, you know, um, the Kilmarnock one was a blow. I mean, Dundee United to take four down at Kilmarnock was, was a real blow. And then to take the four at Rangers. And now to face St. Martin, who will be battling themselves because they now are looking at a grim season. They're, they're looking at a grim start to the season, a poor start to the season. They will be looking to, to ease away. So they're not, nothing, and, and they, you know, Hamilton, I, I would take nothing for granted against Hamilton, although I'm saying you would hope, you would hope for maybe seven or nine points. Um, I would take nothing for granted against Hamilton. They are the great survivors in Scottish football, you know. Um, I remember seeing them against uh, Hibs in the playoff at Easter Road. You remember that? When, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, have, yeah. they have, a, they have an iron soul about them, Hamilton. And love you no mugs either. I know they're struggling down the bottom. But these are, these are early days. I mean, players are finding their feet. They're finding their fitness. It's games with it, you know, games with it fans and all the rest of it. So it's early days, but but ultimately, however the game is being played, whatever strange circumstances we're in, ultimately results on the park are still what count. And, and United have had a bad run and they've got to find some kind of form against us. I, I have to say, against the St Mirren side, I hardly recognise. Yeah. I was sitting watching the highlights going, who's he? Who's he? You know, I mean, I mean, that, that's the nature of modern football. I mean, I want the days when you had a, a side that you could recognise over two, three, four seasons. That, that's pretty much gone. They, they change not even from season to season. They change from window to window. Uh, Tony Fitzpatrick but, wasn't playing, was he, Jim? No, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Campbell Money, I thought he was maybe going to get a game on Saturday <laughs> when they were looking for a keeper. But anyway, oh, yeah. they will have a proper keeper in the, in the goals. But before we finish up on United, Ian, there's one... Uh, one player, a striker, is big, and we know United are after a striker after his uh, after his long and successful Livingston career. <laughs> Anthony Stokes has, has come become available. Would you would you touch him? <sighs> or would you was that one you would you think now? Nah, there's too much too much baggage there. Let's not let's look elsewhere. Well, you wouldn't put Anthony Stokes in charge of the research books, would you? Because you think he would check <laughs> and see what kind of surface Livingston played on before he before he signed for them. Um, that seems that seems a bit daft to me. I think there could be um, a wee bit more to it there. Are you <laughs> possibly, <thinking>? yeah. <laughs> um, no, listen, listen. He's uh, 
he's a good player. Goodness me, fabulous striker over the years. What what kind of shape he's in now? I've no idea. But that that that's a bit of an alarm alarm uh, bell for any club that's looking at him, isn't it? I mean, what what the what the heck, what on earth's going on there? Uh, but he's, he is a quality player. Ian, it's a re- it's a, it's one of these rearrange, not touch barge pole do. You know, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's no, I mean, there's some baggage I, I, there, isn't there? I, I was telling Eric earlier on before we we started broadcast. I once, once had a cup of coffee with his old man when I was covering a game in uh, in Dublin. He, he, he was a very nice Pro- character. Producer, um, producer Sean Hamilton might be getting close to pressing a pause button at some point now. But uh, carry on. <laughs> um, I was across covering under twenty one Scotland game with biscuits and and, and, and others uh, but no I mean you you wouldn't I mean it just I mean I saw Hugh McDonald's uh, neat tweet this morning saying no word of a testimonial yet at Livingston <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that what, you know wise managers I don't think will go there all the ability in the world but there's, there's something just not right there with attitude, you know. Um, you, know you wouldn't go near it with a barge ball. Well, where that slips is, slips is nicely along to St. Johnson, who are another another team who I would suggest may be in need of a striker. I, it's it's kind of looking that way just now. It's obviously the hardest position to get right. I mean, the one thing I'd say about Saints is that the Steve Chris Kane, having been injured all pre-season, we've not had a proper look at him yet. No, nowhere near had a proper look. He's just he's just come on for a, a few minutes at the end of two games. Stevie May is yet to start a game as well. So I think the fact that this is a longer window helps Callum Davidson out a bit because otherwise he'd have had to make his, his snap judgments, you know, while guys are either not fit or working their way back to fitness. But either way, Saints are being punished and suffering from, from not taking their chances. And you could say that's maybe it's you could say the same for any team outside that top four that you are talking about, Jim. But you know, it's another one I don't see St. Johnson going for Anthony Stokes. But you know, you could be this could be dug out and made made to make me look foolish at a later date. But I don't see that one. Um, But I do think St. Johnson could well be bringing in a striker before the before the end of the window, unless things take a turn. Is that Mm. the way you see it as well, as well, Jim? Because it'd be a real crying shame. I don't think yeah. I put it exactly like that, but I think it'd be a real crying shame if this St. Johnson team does not sort of fulfil its potential and really take flight as it as it probably should if they just can't get it right up up top. Well, the, 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 there's the problem, of course, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, I, I watched the highlights again last night. In fact, I watched them this morning again, you know, and... Um, Consummate pro. Didn't, a, couple, a couple of headers, one over the bar, one slightly, one slightly wide. Um, Stevie May kind of pulled that shot, which mm-hmm. I, I, th- I thought a, a normally kind of resilient Stevie May would have taken a fraction of time, maybe pulled it inside and slotted away with the left because it looked an easy enough, uh, enough ch- not an easy chance, but it looked a yeah, good yeah. chance for a player of his quality to, you know, to stick in the net. So, you know, um, you, you, you look at, this is, but this, how many times is this the problem, Eric, with football? You look at a side that look on paper a really, really good side and then they confound you with what they do in the park. I mean, they look to me like they've got a really good, um, you know, back line. They've got a, a, a really tidy midfielder like McCann. I mean, they're, they're controlling like pretty much every game they're playing, yeah, Jim. That's I, the thing. I, I, and, they're play, you know, they're playing good enough stuff. I mean, you know, unlike, I mean, one of the things we didn't touch on about United, was, I mean, I know it was against Rangers, but the quality of United's ability to retain possession was dreadful. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality of pass to find a man to to bring a ball quickly under control. St. Johnson suffered from none of that. They're no, playing they really don't. good 
stuff. They're tidy in possession. They're neat. They, they thread the ball well. Um, but you've got to hit the target. You know, O'Halloran up front, Henry up front. You're right with Kane. We haven't uh, seen enough yet. But I mean, but you know, somewhere along the line, um, you, you know, excuses start to run out with, with punters. It's early days again for the manager. I don't. I, I wouldn't for a minute panic uh, with Saints. But again. Four goals scored in seven games, eight conceded. Not the worst in the league by a long way. You know, I mean, not nearly as bad as United who've conceded 12 or, or Hamilton Kelly who've conceded 10 each and Livy even more, 11. Um, but not scoring, you know. And, and, and somewhere along the line, you've got to turn, you know, when you get starts and you find out you're controlling maybe 60% of a game or 58% of a game, you expect to turn that into goals. So they need to start scoring. And on the face of it, they've got people who can score goals. Thing is, he, I know, a thing is, he and see. See, if that top four that Jim's talking about, mm-hmm. it would be a top five if St. Johnson had a Steve McLean of three years ago in their team. It, it really would. The, the St. Johnson would be would be right up there at the moment because they've, they've apart from the Rangers game, where they had a very good spell in it, and the United game was a kind of a sort of 50-50 type game, wasn't it, with a man sent off. But other than that, yeah, they've, they've controlled pretty much every game or, or large portions of it. And, you know... Oh for oh for Stephen McLean of like I say of three or four years ago, and it would be it would be they'd be they'd be well into double figures. Put it that way. I imagine that can be even more frustrating for a manager. Uh, you know, coming at the end of a defeat when you have played well and you have controlled a lot of the ball that you've got nothing for it. Um, Stevie May watching Stevie May's one. It was a bit like like Shankland, wasn't it? You're, it's almost odd to see to see somebody like that miss. And and Stevie Stevie should have should have worked to keep her at least. Uh, with that one, but I, I thought O'Halloran's uh, one was unlucky. You know, he just 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 nipped in and should have squared it probably. Yeah, probably. But you know, you always say, well, if, if he thought he, if he was backing himself to score, but it was just just a wee bit unlucky there. But uh, on on the other hand, I must say, I mean, uh, maybe not what Saints fans want to hear, but a cracking goal from Marwell was absolutely beautiful. It was. Uh, he did winner. very well, didn't he? I like I like him as a player. I have to say, Alan Campbell. I, I mean, that was that was my uh, goal of the weekend. It was a fantastic, uh, fantastic move from him to to move away. I think it was from Ali McCann and uh, Wotherspoon, wasn't it? And Wotherspoon. I mean, uh, they had him tied up, or they looked they should have had yeah, him tied up, but yeah. he, he gets away for the pair of them. Very, very nice. And then he's there is a guy that likes to shoot. Scored a cracker for Scotland under 21. The they lost a fantastic strike there, so that's no consolation, of course. But maybe, maybe with uh, you, I think you make a quite a, a good point there, Eric, about about me and Kane. He hasn't. He, Callum hasn't he actually seen his, his strikers fit and, and, and match ready yet, has he? So maybe maybe we'll see more over the next couple of weeks. And the, th- the thing is, Jim, as well, I, I could you could you can state a case for pretty much all of them. Um, certainly Hendry, May, um, I would say, and O'Halloran, you could see them all flourishing next to a Stephen McLean type, you know, just mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. that's going to bring it in nicely and, and just make, you know, help talk them through it a wee bit and make sure they're making the right runs yeah. in that. So if, if, it's hard, isn't it? But if they could get a, a focal point striker, it would, it would, it would transform this team. I think. Well, I mean, you know, Carl's got good contact, so I mean, I'm pretty sure that he he will be he'll be looking hard for that. But you know, the guys like Stephen McLean are, are are not ten a penny, and 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 that's the issue. And attracting with the Perth will not be the easiest job in the world. I mean, can I just, I mean, a note of controversy here? It was a fine goal. 
uh, from Motherwell. There's no doubt about it. You know, Campbell struck the ball beautifully and he's a difficult one to look on. I thought Parrish was just slightly slow oh, and getting away. To it. I thought he was just slightly oh. slow and getting away to his right. And I think the big Xander might have saved that. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure Xander will be pleased. But... <laughs> anyway, you, 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 um, you becoming his agent, Jim? <laughs> no, no, I just, I just, I mean, I watched it. I, I am always, given my oldest boy was a goalie, I'm always, I'm very, very seldom ah. critical. I'm not being overly critical. I just, I keep looking and thinking, could he have gone that? Could he have been smarter? Could he, could he have had the feet planted maybe just a tad to the right to give him that extra? Because actually when you see him dive, it almost looks as though the ball slips slightly on, under his fingers as opposed to, so it looked as though the reach was almost there. But I'll forgive him because it was a very well struck and, and, and into an, a harsh into judge, a I, would, angle, so. I would think, Jim, a harsh so I know it would be too harsh. But no, I mean, in terms of, in terms of quality, yeah, I mean, who who isn't looking for, you know, a Stephen McLean type figure that can lead a line with intelligence and craft and guile and, and has the street smarts to play, uh, uh, you know, at, at that level and to bring kind of, you know, younger players on. I mean, on the, on the face of it, I mean, you know, if you can't score goals when you've got May and Kane on the bench and you've got a Hallard and Henry up front, then then something, something's wrong because all of those guys, to me, look as though they've got goals in them. You know, um, uh, Henry Henry in particular just needs yeah. it to turn for him. You know, I think the 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 one that got disallowed against Hibs was was really really harsh, obviously because it, it was a goal, and you just think well, if, if he'd got that, he could have been up and up and running. You know, and you you'd be you'd see a, a proper confident striker who's got a lot of things that other strikers don't have to, to yeah, his game. And Eric, you know what? Because because it's an old cliche, doesn't doesn't mean it's any less true. Football players, in particular, I think strikers, thrive on confidence. When they're hitting the ball and they're hitting it sweet, they're catching the sweet spot and it's going into the net, or or they're, 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 they're nicking in, you know, like the Rangers sitting goal, they're nicking in, getting between two players and just stabbing it over the line. doesn't matter how they get it over the line, the confidence grows and they start to feel confident about everything they do. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a classic for a striker. The more they score, the more they score because the more confident they become. So Saints need to start kind of, I mean, you know, they'll be battering away. We've watched it, you know, we've watched them. Um players in training as journalists week in, week out. You go and watch them and they do the striking, you know, the drills and the routines and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're usually pinging the back of the net and all the rest of it. It's it's how you do it and big game pressure. You know, that I think that's that's the biggest issue. I mean, Stevie May, I would have backed him nine times out of ten to have put that ball in. Um, at, at the weekend, but but he kind of I thought slightly snatched at, at, at the All post. Right. But then you know what you, you're doing it you're doing it in a fraction of a second, and that's the danger. The great strikers put those away. Um, the strikers who are struggling a week with confidence sometimes miss them, and he missed them at the weekend. You know. Yeah, and they've got since I've got Ross County at, at McDermott on Saturday. You've you've seen you've been to Dingwall, so United up there. What sort of what sort of matchup is that for Saints? Well, they got a they got an absolute heavy heavy defeat at the weekend, didn't they? County, I think their their season's gone a bit like United's. I think it started really well and then started it's, off quite nicely. Mm. It's faded. They've had real bumps uh, in the road there. Listen, they're, they're, they can put, sometimes when County play, um, you have folks saying, oh, they're, they're, they're a fab, fantastic passing team. They should be winning and all this, but they, they maybe didn't get the results that that." that that you think you would, they would, they would uh, deserve, but um, they've got plenty of uh, good players. But I think, I think it's like this fixture for me is like is like United's one against St. Mern. So you do fancy, and, and it does. It's not a must win, I think, in Saints' uh, uh, instance. But you're looking, you're looking to win that, aren't you? You're looking to to get the three points from that one, I think, um, and then kick on. Um, so I think it's a very winnable game 
for 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 St Johnson. And also, can I make a point on can I make a point on Stephen McLean just because we were speaking about you know about him. You're again back in the is team. He the, <laughs> is he not? The, is he not a perfect example of a player? Who only when he kind of goes to, to the actual most of the fan base realise how valuable he was. Oh. I mean, I think that educated, you know, educated Saints fans would 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 kind of see that at the time when he was at. But I think there were one or two that, oh, you know, what does he do for the team? Well, he was absolutely crucial to the St Johnson team, and his link up play was second to none at times. It really was. So I, player's player. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, guys, it's been a we've had a seems like a long time ago that. Uh, that Charlie Adam to Dundee became a story over a fortnight ago, I believe. But it's uh, by the time people listen to this podcast, hopefully Charlie's signing for Dundee will be confirmed. He'll have the scarf above the head and all that sort of thing. It's uh, pretty much a, a done deal, we understand. And listen, Jim, we've talked about this before, haven't we? It would be a, a perfect fillip for Dundee fans and a pretty after a pretty gloomy few months for the club. I, I, absolutely, Eric. I mean, I think the phrase is, he's jetting in. That's what we <laughs> that's what we usually say. <laughs> jetting in. I heard, it, I heard he was driving up, but there we go. You say jetting in. Jetting into Dundee International <laughs> Airport. He can um, afford his private jet right enough. <laughs> We're coming up in a helicopter. <laughs> I th- You know what? I think it's a great signing. It's a marquee signing for Dundee. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's got tremendous experience, not least, you know, Rangers and Stoke, but Liverpool um, as well. You know what I mean? I think it's a terrific signing. He's a, a real, a really class act, um, a tremendous passer of a ball, a tremendous kind of holder of the ball in midfielder. He's got vision. Uh, he'll, you know, he was never particularly the quickest player in the world, Charlie. But I mean, in terms of, of uh, talent, he will, he will be miles ahead of anything in the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great signing for Dundee. Including Hearts, including Hearts, there, yeah, including uh, absolutely including Hearts. Um, I, I mean, he is better. He's better than not just anything in the Championship. He's probably better than most in the Premiership as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a brilliant signing. I don't know how they've pulled it off financially, uh, but fair play to them. Well done to to them. I suspect that John Nelms, James McPake, Gordon Strachan have all kind of worked hard to get this one over the line. Um, and I presume that Tim Keyes is, is, is funding it because it will not come cheap. I mean, he, he wouldn't have been without offers uh, south of the boys. only 34, Charlie. I mean, he's not, you know. Yeah, and he was playing I mean, playing he, in the championship, yeah. the English championship last seat at the end of last season. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay, I mean, he's not a boy, but he is not by any manner of means, you know, on his last legs. Charlie, a fit Charlie's got another two, three good seasons in him. It's a terrific signing. He and others will try to try to you know you know what football fans are like, particularly when in a, in a two club city they'll try to sort of talk this one down. But it is it is huge news for Dundee, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. It's uh, it's a really all all good things come to he who waits, and uh, <laughs> they've been patient with us, Dundee. They really have been, and uh, I can I can think of one team from the city that could have done with a playmaker like uh, Charlie Adam uh, on Saturday, uh, yeah. and it's not Dundee. Um, no, listen. You're right. You're right to mention Hearts. This is this is as good. This is as good, if not better, I think than than any other signing uh, that any of the signings that Hearts have made. Um, this is this is the biggest signing so far, and he's not. It's not been you know official yet, but it's on its way. Uh, this is the biggest in the championship by a mile, and uh, you have to say it's a it's a good day for Dundee because it comes on the same day as we've had a positive result in the uh, the High Court. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, with their insurance claim, so I mean, this is this this is really really good news. A double a double dose of good news for for Dundee supporters, and you know it's uh, it's been a long time since we can say that. It's uh, it's as I say, great stuff, and I'm looking forward 
to seeing the Charlie playing pulling on the dark blue. Uh-huh. I, th- I think the thing is, Eric, it, it, it brings a bit of much needed pizzazz to the club. I mean, look, yeah. f- football, football, uh, you know, football's about tribalism, you know that, but it's about entertainment as well. You want the top players playing at clubs. And in recent weeks, I know that, you know, when I've sat down to do my column, I like to kind of spread it out between national stuff, international stuff, but mainly you want to look at the local clubs, United St. Johnson and uh, and Dundee, and obviously, you know, sometimes the, the clubs further down the divisions as well, they're, they're local, but I mean, mainly it's the local clubs. And there's been so little to write about with Dundee because, hey, they've not been playing, you know, there's still some time away from playing, but so little happening. It's, there's been next to nothing going on. Um, and any football club thrives on good publicity and, and, and you know, and big names and big players coming. So there's a real, it brings a sense of showbiz, a sense of theatre when you've got a guy who's been playing at a terrific level south of the border uh, and, and who's a local boy. And I think, you know what, that's really, really important. I think, you know, Dundee kind of striking a blow here for localism, you know, getting a guy that has been a... <laughs> We're all know, for that. He's been a blue... <laughs> yeah, he's been he brought up as a good blue nose, you know, brought up as a good D and, um, you know, and I think it's just... Just, you know, it's a quality signing. It's terrific. I know you can you can kind of you can you can kind of be cynical about these things, can't you? And about oh, you know, Dundee fan, blah blah blah. But you know, he's, he's backed up. I mean, he's this is proof that it does actually mean something to him, doesn't it? Yeah, it does exactly. I mean, if he wasn't a Dundee fan, you know, this deal wouldn't be happening. It's the link there. It's the emotional no link. No chance. So 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 it's tangible. It's something that's real. Uh, he's got affection for the club. Now, I think what's uh, it'd be interesting to see how it's been financed. I, I take it maybe a benefactor there, but who knows? Uh, Dundee will maybe come, uh, that'll become clearer uh, as, as time goes on. But it doesn't really matter. Fans fans won't care how, how this has come to be. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful piece of news for, for the supporters. And you'll have the, you'll have his name on the back of the shirts, all the, yeah. the kids in the, in the, in the schools and things like that. And it's great. Um, a real boost. And I think a much needed boost for the, for the club who's have a, they've had a difficult summer. Ian, it's great for the Scottish game as well, because, you know, we, we often talk and, and, and sometimes, you know, the game here is disparaged south of the border. That shouldn't probably bother us, but sometimes it does. It, it gets us between the ears, you know, um, Charlie Adam was very, very highly regarded in England, very highly regarded, you know, um, and, and for the fact that he's coming back, you know, at, oh, okay, he's, 30, he's 34. We know that, as I said, he's not Methuselah by any manner of means. But the fact that he's coming back to play at his hometown club, I think, is is great. If, if, if Dundee are, are getting a Charlie Adam that's even half the player that he was, um, you know, south of the board, they're, they're getting a class act. Yeah. And Ian, just before we finish up on this, but I mean, it, for me, it, everybody's just, it, it elevates Dundee a wee bit again mm-hmm. from where, I mean, everybody was just, um, before the ball was even kicked, people were talking about, oh, Hearts, Hearts are, Hearts are going to run away with the league by even more than United, you know, Dundee playoffs at best. It puts something into Robbie Nielsen's mind and the Hearts players' minds, doesn't it? Okay, it does. hold on a minute, you know, Dundee, if, if, if things click, Charlie Adam, Graham Dorans, yeah. you know, go through that midfield, it's, you know, you start to think, okay, maybe maybe this isn't such a such a done deal, and that you know Dundee can give them a run for their money. And we can we can throw into the mix as well. Just a, a week or two ago, a great boost for for Dunfermline uh, with the the, the German yep. uh, investment there. Yes. So, mm-hmm. but we're also looking at them, going, well, that makes it harder for Dundee now. But what Dundee have come back with is is a is a signing of someone who, and, and it doesn't seem too long ago. Uh, I was through following the covering the Scotland uh, pre-match stuff, sitting speaking to Charlie Adam, who was away to play for his country. So that, that's not that's not too long ago. 
So you're getting him, you're getting Dorns, who's the same, and uh, you've got quality in that middle of the park. And uh, oh, Charlie, Charlie, what Charlie brings is that spark, that free kick, you know, that 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that pass that we're not expecting. Um, that you need the strikers to be looking for and running on to. And uh, he can open up a game. And that's absolutely invaluable and it'll be worth every penny. Oh, brilliant. And uh, if he's if Charlie has uh, turned his jet around while, we, while you've been listening and uh, decided to, <laughs> to, to, to not, not to land at Dundee, don't blame us. But no, listen, great news all round. Yes, OK. Well, thanks again for this week, gentlemen. And if we're, uh, if we're reflecting upon... It was, it's one thing reflecting upon two defeats at, at Rangers and... And Motherwell, let's let's hope for all our sakes we're not reflecting on two defeats against St Murn and uh, Ross County. That would be a that'll be a, a different a different matter entirely. Anyway, thanks again and thank you very much for listening. Back next week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.